Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. If you will join me today at Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. I'm going to read a familiar story today, but, or read a passage that's familiar anyway, not a story, but a passage. Today, Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. The Bible says, If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Verse 18 says, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden images which thou hast set up. If you will join me in prayer right now. Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us today. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to touch my mind, Lord Jesus. I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to anoint me, Lord. Anoint me that I can speak the words, Lord Jesus, that you've laid on my heart, Lord. Lord, I ask you to touch each one that's under the sound of my voice today. Lord, allow them to be anointed today, Lord Jesus, and allow them to feel your presence and allow the word to settle in their hearts today and be encouraged, Lord, and uplifted, Lord. Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You may be seated. The story I read, the excerpt of a story I read was a story that's pretty familiar, but just want to back up. You know, we find these three Hebrew children facing the fiery furnace. We find the king Nebuchadnezzar, he had made this golden image, just back up just to kind of catch us up in the story. And he had made this golden image and he said, everyone in the kingdom must bow to this image, must worship this golden God. Here he was making this proclamation. And here these three Hebrew children said, Hebrew boys says, or men, says, we will not bow to your, your, your God. They made this stand today against this. And as they made this stand, we, we pick up in the reading where verse 17 where they're answering the king. They says, we're not slow to answer you about this matter. We're not, we're not have to, we don't have to think about this. We already made our choice what we're going to do. We're not going to bow. And said if and he's and there's and they tell him if if our God whom we serve is he is able to deliver us. But it goes on in verse 18, but if he don't, we're still not going to bow to your God. And so tonight today I want to talk about us for, for for a few minutes about this topic. Passion that will not let you quit. Because they had passion in their life. They had a passion for what they believed in. And that's what, that's what gave them that to stand. The, the greatest enemy of passion in our life and in our day, today, even today, is compromise. So easy to take the easy way out. In the early part of this century, there was an American ship that was wrecked off the coast of England. The sea had been calm. The weather had been clear for days. 
But this vessel was caught in a, in a current that slowly lured it off course. And before the people, the, the ones in, in control of the ship, before they realized it, the ship had ran, acro- ran aground, ran upon the rocks. And this ship was sunk like the, like the ship in Brother Boyd's message this morning. It was, it was sunken right there. Here they were, but they had been lured off a course because they had took their minds off or took off everything off their, their, their compassion off of what they were doing. In the moments of just times of relaxed and let back because everything seemed to be good. Everything seemed to be going just fine. Every, perfect day, perfect day for sailing. The currents had lured them off and they sunk the ship and and. And sometimes in life we find the, we find these same powerful current, currents of compromise. They can catch our soul and carry us and shipwreck our life. Before we realize things in life, the, the spirit of compromise can steal our passion. Spiritual drifting is usually a slow process. We know it occurs when we have lost our passionate desire for the truth. We don't realize what we were, we, we've drifted to. We've let out little things in our life, little things of compromise to come along. Before we know it, we've lost that passion that we had for, for, for the truth and for things of the truth. When things we have known as sin become tolerated and even expected as normal behavior, we find ourselves, how do we get to this place? How do we get to the place as a country? How do we get to places where we live today? Is by just one little compromise after another. Allowing, letting things down. Compromise is defined as a settlement of differences by mutual concessions. An agreement reached by adjusting of conflicts or opposing claims. Someone giving in. And so many times in life we find ourselves just giving in to to small things. What is this really thing going to matter? Often life is filled with these compromises. We are giving a choice as to how we will live our life or what path we're going to follow through life. And every crossroad we pass, we have to allow our, we, we allow our passion, wherever our passion drives us, wherever our passion is directing us, that's the direction we, cho- we choose and that's the direction we go down. Because of the choices make at these crossroads of life, we determine our usefulness to God and our effectiveness to his kingdom. Through life, we allow our passions to drive us, and we allow our passions to make our choices. Our, next, our text today is about three men that, that came to a time of decision in their life. They could either compromise and go with the flow, or they could stand their ground and live for the Lord, and live for what they believed in. Can I tell someone today that what gave them that, that was their passion that gave them what it took to stand true? It was their passion for what they, they believed in, what their passion for believing, living for God, their passion for God in their life. It's what gave them the, the, the strength to stand in the face of death. Since this incident occurred, the names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have stood tall for names of heroes of faith throughout history. We look at Daniel, the book where we began to read, the author of the book. Who would have ever heard of heard the name Daniel if he had compromised in the early stages of his life. If, we, if, we have, if Daniel had compromised or if Daniel would have just given in, 
we would have not even had this book to read in the Bible. With that in mind, it's a good, it is good to be able to say that these young men stood for their test. As a result, we are blessed today. We're blessed today because we see how their passion gave them the strength to go forward. Their passion for what they believed in outweighed the compromises in their life. As you go and as I go through life, there will always be times where we are going to have to make these decisions to do the right things. Every day we go down this, every day we wake up, during that day sometime, we're going to have to see where our passion carries us. We're going to have to make decisions that day that's going to not just affect that day in our life, but it's going to affect our future. The truth contains in this passage helps us to face the serious crossroads in our life. My prayer is that we can glean strength that we need always to make and make a stand for the Lord. The problems at hand, these Hebrew boys had several faced, faced several problems. Each of these had potential, potential to derail their life. However, the problems we, they faced are no different than some of the problems we face today. These boys had been brought up in, a, in and around Jerusalem. They were constantly reminded of their God and his importance to their life. The temple was in, with the temple with the sacrifices was there. The priests and the scribes were there teaching. The prophets were preaching about the message of Jehovah. Now they, were, now they find themselves as slaves and have been hauled off to Babylon. Here they were surrounded by heathen worship, heathen images, and heathen people where it would be easy to conform just to fit in. For us here today, it's a danger is just as real. It is easy to be spiritual while we're here inside these walls. It's easy to be spiritual while we're around godly people. However, when we separate from godly influences around us, we're placing ourselves in dangerous positions. We're opening our lives up to possibilities of compromise. Therefore, it is important we, can, we are consistent in our church attendance. Hebrews 10 and 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. We must not, as the day approaches, we, we all can look at the, the headlines. We can see, we don't have to look at the Bible to see where we live and at in this time and in our life. But we must not forsake this time. We must not forsake our assembling. As I said in the, the when I was promoting the small groups, we must build on each other. We must be, draw strength from each other. Because the, the, the essential part of this is, is we must surround ourselves with godly people that has a passion for God's work. Wherever, if we can look in life and we find ourselves leaning on people or being surrounded by people, and a lot of times wherever their passion is at is where our passion becomes. Whoever is in our life and whoever's influence in our life, their passions becomes our passions. First Corinthians 15 and 33 says, be, but be not deceived. Evil communications corrupts good manners. In the scripture, it doesn't take very long for this be evil communications or evil influences in our life to corrupt us. It is easy to compromise and conform with the world when we are all, all, all we are away from the influences of the ungodliness. When we're away from godliness in our life or when we're away from that godly passions, it's easy to be influenced. These young men were taught a new language 
and new ways of life when they became in Babylon. All their lives they had been exposed to Jewish wisdom. Now they were being taught the wisdom of Babylon. And so sometimes in life, you know, we go through things and we, 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 we learn new traits. As older we get, when we was ch- children and we just went to school and we lived at home. But when we expose ourselves to more things in life, we find ourselves being exposed to different things in life. There's much more pressure being exerted on them to conform to this new world that's around them. And that's what's so dangerous for us. When we, when we, we step out into the new world or into, into the big world in life, we say there's so many dangers in, to conform to that world. The same dangers faced us as Christians today as it faced them. They were in a new world, new surroundings. And it was easy to conform to that. But we must have the passion to stay true to God. We are consistently being exposed to new ways of thinking and are being told that the way we look at the world through the eyes of God in the Bible is outdated. It's ancient. It's intolerated. This is much pressure is being placed on the Christian community today to conform to the world's way of thinking. Sin is not sin no more. That's what they were telling us to believe. It doesn't matter if it hair lips the devil or the entire world stands against it. The word of God is sure and true and it is settled and it is right. Luke, Isaiah 40 and 8 says, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God stands true forever. The word is not going right. If it's been wrong in the Bible for 2,000 years, it's still wrong today. It doesn't matter if our life, if our life aligns to the word of God, it will be lined true. The world and the devil will try every tactic to force us to fit into their mold. However, no matter what it's, they say to us, they call us, or if they, they throw at us in our life, they will never be able to change what we are. If you have the passion of God in your life, it doesn't matter what the world throws at you. It doesn't matter what they call you or what they tell you. They cannot change what God has put inside of you. First John 3 and 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, but because it, it knew him not. But verse 2 says, Beloved, now there are there now." Are we the sons of God, and it doth not appear that what we shall be, but we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We must not never forget one thing. We are children of the living God. And it's when we are children of the living God and we have that passion running through us, it doesn't matter what they do to us. Times of testing and trials can, can be weathered. I'm here to tell you. We don't have to fall to what we face. We don't have to be to succumb to anything that comes against us. We can weather the storm. God has promised to help us when we face times of testing. He says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, there shall no temptation take you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful for who he will suffer you to be tempted above and ye are able. But will with the temptation also he will make a way to escape that ye may be able to bury it. Looking at the stand that these four young men took, we can stand for whatever we face. God says he's not gonna put one thing on us that we can't handle. One thing that we, over, we, can't, we can't handle in this life. We look at the life of Job and we see Job went through a lot. But Job never, never overcame him because he had a passion 
to live for God. Everything he faced, every trial that he faced, even when his body was afflicted, he would not curse God because he had the passion in his life. We see not only the problems at hand, but next we see the purpose of their heart. The Babylons could change their homes, their diet, their names, and their education, but they could not change their hearts. They could not change what was inside them. These men had decided they were going to serve the Lord whatever it cost. It would have been easy to say, well, it's all right, everyone else is doing it. We've heard that statement happening before. Have, we, we, we had better do what the king says or what whoever's in charge of us says. Or, well, it'd be, it'd be okay if we just serve the king only outwardly. We'll stay true in ourselves. But that wasn't good enough for these three young men. They had committed themselves to God's will despite the consequences. We need, to, we need that same level of passion today. We need that same level of passion these young men had. They had the passion. It didn't matter. They weren't going to waver. They weren't going to go part of the way. They weren't going to just say, I'm just going to go halfway there. I'm going all the way. And we need to have that kind of passion today in our life. We, many of us seem to find the easy way out. So many times in life, we find that easy way out. We need to be dedicate ourselves to God and see the, his plan for our lives, even if it costs us, costs us our life. That's what these three Hebrew boys, their passion was so strong burning in them that it didn't matter if, they said if, if, if we die in this fire, we're still gonna serve God. It doesn't matter what happens to us, we're still gonna serve God. Our duty is to the faithful, faithfully serve the Lord and with all that we have and what we are. Romans 12 and one says, I beseech you therefore brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, and that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. We're called to give it all to God. We all, not just ourselves, not just our service, but we need to have our passion. Our passion needs to be breathed. We need to eat, breathe in God. These young men had made up minds that were going to live for the Lord and, and not allow not one thing to change that their minds. As we follow through the rest of their lives, we see that they stuck to their guns more than just once. And sometimes in life we find ourselves, you know, we find we find we may get through one battle. But the enemy's not going to quit with just one battle. He's going to keep throwing something. Just like with Job, he took his family. He took his cattle. He took his, all of his, his wealth, but that wasn't good enough. Then he took his body, his health. So we, sometimes our passion has to be a little bit more than just passive in our life. To live this life when I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but we gotta have, we gotta have passion burning in us for God. If, we, if we're gonna go through this world and this end time revival we wanna be part of, we're gonna have to have a passion. We're going to have to have a passion that's never not like nothing ever we've had before. We're going to have to increase our passion. In chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were willing to, to die rather than compromise. Chapter 6, Daniel, an 80-plus-year-old 80 80 man, risked, his, risked death in the lion's den rather than to compromise what God, or what with God. What about us today? 
Do we have that same level of passion? That if we was facing a fiery furnace or if we were facing the lion's den, is the passion that's burning inside of us for God's, God's ministry or God's walk in our life, does that same passion burn in us, burn in Daniel and burn in these three Hebrew boys? We come compromise in many ways and small things. So many times in life we find ourselves compromising. We need to strive for that same standard of our own life. There's a lot of God's children who need to regain the passion for the Lord. And I'm here one standing here today to tell you, I was convicted over this message myself. I need to have more passion for what God's doing. My ministry needs to have more passion. If we look at our what we look at what we're over, we look what part of ministry. If we're a, if we're a leader and if our 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 department or whatever's not prospering like we think it should, is it because of my passion? I had that's what I thought about. It's, it's things in my life, my ministry. And every one of us has a ministry. You may not never stand behind a pulpit, but you have a ministry. If your ministry is not prospering like you think it should, is it because your passion is not, not burning hot enough in your life? Others may be flirting dangerously close to losing their passion. God's children need to resolve in their hearts that, the, what, that come what may, they will not disgrace the name of Jesus and they will not compromise in any area of their life. And their, these Hebrew children, their passion for a true walk with God is why they were able to stand. As I said earlier, they were able to stand in the face of death and not waver. It's because of their level of passion. They were willing to trust God to do whatever, what he promised and that he was willing to follow him regardless of their personal cost. I ask you today, what about you? What about your passion? Have you allowed things in your life to creep into your life and deteriorate your passion? I'm gonna share a story. A giant 400-year redwood in California came crashing down one day. No one could figure out why. The tree had survived four centuries of storms, lightning strikes, earthquakes. What had made this tree fall that day. On closer inspection, investigators had found that tiny beetles had found their way inside the trunk. They had began eating away of life-giving fibers, weakening its mighty bulk from the inside out. Even as this mammoth, mammoth tree looked healthy from onlookers, what you could not see is that it was dying from the inside out. And so sometimes, you know, we look at our life and we look at this person and we look and we think ourselves as this on our suit and tie day. We look so healthy. But have we allowed this small compromising things in our life to creep inside and deteriorate us to the point that we fall in the moment of time? Sometimes we look strong like this tree, but we can fall in places. The devil, so many, so many times in this way, he's tried to bring Christians down through a steady, small, seemingly insignificant temptations. Satan will find ways to creep into your life and for the purpose of eroding the foundation and we, keep, we come crashing to the ground. If you're not where you once were, you have allowed things to creep in your, and divert your passion. 
If sometimes we look at our life and I feel like, well, I'm not where I used to be. Have we allowed small things to creep inside of our life and divert our passion towards something else? Are there areas in your life where you have begun to let your guard down? Are you allowing things to, in your life that diverts your passion? He has promised us that we can find unconditional forgiveness when we come home to him. When we turn our life to him like the prodigal son, when we turn and come home, he will, he will forgive us. 1 John 1 and 9 says, if you confess your sins, he will be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Passion without action is just a dream. Action without passion becomes a drudgery. It doesn't matter what you do for God. If you don't have passion, it will become a drudgery. Passion with action becomes a delight for you and for God. So in your life, we have passion and action. You have to have passion in your life to do whatever you do for God. We need to lose the passion for the flesh and change and have a passion for Christ. It doesn't matter how bad we want to change our life if we don't change our passion first. It doesn't matter if we decide, oh, I'm going to do this. Where your passion is. Today I ask you, where is your passion? Today as I, I begin to close, I want to share a story. When I was in eighth grade, I was, went out to with a football practice for the, first, for the first day of that season. That's that day as we showed up for football practice for JV, the football team. There was, I can't remember exactly the number of, of young men that came out for football that day, but the coach, the new coach stood up before that group of young boys and he says, we have X amount of players here today and we have X amount of, of equipment for each player. And there's 30 People, more people than we have equipment. So during this day's practice, we're going to cut the team by 30 people. He lined us up in, in rows on the field. And he said, we started warm-ups. As we started warm-ups, he said, we're going to do jumping jacks until five people turn in their helmet. And he literally mean that. He said, if you stop, in action, if you don't, if you stop jumping jacks, that means you're turning in your pads. And so we, everybody looked at him like he was crazy, but he was a new coach. Nobody knew him, so they was kind of a little bit scared. But literally, he we started doing jumping jacks, and he walked through the crowd, or up and down the rows like a drill sergeant, and he would say, "Are you ready to quit yet? Are you ready to stop yet?" If you are, it's easy, just turn in your pads or turn in your helmet. And so he said, he says, I want to find out. I'm not going to cut the team by telling anybody to quit. He says, I'm going to cut the team. I'm going to find out who has the passion to play. And he says, we're going to do jumping jacks till five people goes and turns their pads in or turns their equipment in. And when the five, for a fifth person turned his pads in or turned his helmet in, we went on to something else in warm-ups. And he said, okay, we lay flat on your back and hold your feet six inches off the ground. Anybody ever did that? He says, if your feet touches the ground, that means you're quit. 
He said, we're going to do this till five people gets up and quits. And he went through that whole warm-up practice. That's all we did that whole day in practice. But before that practice was over, 30 people got up and walked off. And when the 30th person walked off, he said, okay, everybody get up and huddle up here. He says, now I have, I have X amount of players that has passion to play football. He says, I'm not going to cut the team because, because I, don't know who, I don't know nobody. I don't know who's who. I don't know none of this. It was his first day of practice. He says, I'm going to cut the team for I want to know who wants, has the passion to play. And today I ask us today, do we have passion? Where's your passion? That coach, he had enough mind sense about football. And I know, excuse my, my example here today, but I just feel like God is sometimes walking through and saying, are you, are you through yet? Are you ready to throw in your pads? The devil is walking down through there, I think, sometimes in our life, and he's like, it'd be easier just to give up. It'll be easier just to just, just, just lay down and don't worry about this. But where your passion is, what drives you? Bible says in Colossians 3 and 2, says set your affections on things above, not on the things of this earth. And we have the passion for things not of this world. It doesn't matter what we face in this life. As I close, I ask you to stand today. And I ask us to take a, Take a close look at our life today. And I ask you that question as I've asked a couple times today. Where is your passion? Is your passion on the things of this world or your passion on the things of God? It's going to matter. It's, not, it's, not, it's going to be as simple as, as just going and turning your helmet in. It's going to matter eternity. And so today, I ask us today, Let's, let's make sure our passion is in the right direction. Let us, let us worship him right now. Let us pray. Lord, I ask you to touch. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.